Hello, magic seekers. You are listening to the Little Scraps of Magic podcast, where you're invited to journey to the depths of your soul in search of pleasure, peace, truth, and grit. Here, you'll go within as you listen to conversations, meditations, and life lessons that will guide you back to your power, help you regulate your nervous system, and remind you that magic is real. I'm your host, Steph Traska, a life and embodiment coach, energy worker, mom of two crazy little boys, and at my core, a wild earth goddess. Whether you're in an energetic space of power and joy, or you're feeling shattered and stuck, it's my mission to nourish you back to your divine wholeness so that you step into your day and life with deep trust and an open heart. Now take a cleansing breath and open yourself up to receive today's little scrap of magic. Anything you want to do. Hello, loves, and welcome back to another episode of the Little Scraps of Magic podcast. I have with me here today my dear friend, G. Sunny Fisher, who is a licensed psychologist, award-winning author, and happiness coach. G. Sunny received her graduate degrees from Columbia University and the University of Connecticut and is also certified in positive psychology, neurolinguistic programming, which you may know as NLP, and hypnosis. Dr. J's thought leadership has been featured in Thrive Global, Bustle, Goldcast, Fatherly, and ThriveWorks. She has a PhD, an MA, a CHT, a CAPP, <laughs> lots of special acronyms there, and is on a mission to help awakened individuals break free from the status quo, remember their true north, and rediscover what makes them fall in love with life again. Clients learn to master their narratives, rewire old patterns, and turn their weaknesses into superpowers. As a result, they find absolute clarity, unshakable confidence, and ultimate conviction. G. Sunny lives in New Jersey with her two pups, her husband, and her mom, but she has told me that her heart is in Hawaii. So, oh, and how can I forget her award-winning book, The Bodhi Blueprint, which is about mastering your fears and living life on purpose. So we're going to talk about the book. We're going to talk about some other themes. As you can tell and hear, G. Sunny is a very special and accomplished young woman. And what I find, besides just her energy and being around her that is so special, is she has this like scientific brain and has her PhD and all of these other accreditations. But then she has this really deep, powerful spiritual connection and she marries the two in such a way that I find just to be incredibly powerful and astounding. So we have tons to learn from her. Um, I'd love to welcome you to the show. Thanks for being here, G. Sunny. Thanks so much for having me, Steph. I'm so excited. Yeah, I wanted to tell a quick story about when you and I first met. I don't remember the connection that brought us together, but I remember, you know, we had our chat. And at the end of the call, I told you, I just feel like I want to tell you I love you. <laughs> and and I, I think I told you in that moment, too, that it was like as soon as you came on the screen on our Zoom call, I felt this immediate soul's recognition of, oh, there she is. I know her. Mm, yes. I remember that particular conversation specifically. Yes. 
I don't remember how we met, like you said, but I do remember our first phone call and how that instant connection and the knowing totally happened. And at the end, when you were like, I want to say I love you, but don't take it like weirdly. Um, I just I just remember receiving it going, no, I totally am right there with you. Like there is this deep inner knowing and a deep sense of love for you that you typically don't I don't have with people that I just meet. Um, so I that was so well received and I was on the same wavelength. And that was such a magical moment to be able to connect with people or people with a person um, <laughs> that I, I truly do feel like a soul sister, like mm-hmm. instantly. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a special circumstance and it doesn't happen with everyone. But I am curious with you being someone who is so rooted in her spirituality and in the spiritual world and realms who has a strong connection there. Is that something that you experience with other people more often than one might expect? You know, I feel like it happens less often than I would want. Mm -hmm. And there, I mean, ever since I started on this journey of really understanding my nature, my true nature, not just the stories or the paradigms that I was given, I have this um, it's a deeper sense of acceptance and a love for all that is here and that I come into contact with. But there isn't a like, oh, my God, I recognize your soul as often as I would like. And it might be because I have a block and I've had this block of um, not feeling a sense of being at home, mm. like I belong here. And I know we've talked about that a little bit in the past. Um, but it's, it's, it's something I'm working through every day. There's something that I'm learning that's different, that awakens me to something deeper than I knew before. And even though in my heart, I know that I belong wherever I go, wherever I am, there is still a longing for your tribe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd love to hear more about that, that sense of belonging and I I don't belong here. So for anyone listening, could you expand a little bit about what you mean there? Do you mean mm-hmm. belonging um, here in this era, in this specific time that you're alive? Do you mean belonging in the community you're physically in right now? Yeah, that's such a great question because I know there are people that are here going, I was born in the wrong decade. Yes. So it's <laughs> not necessarily the time or even this particular community and location, but it's more of um, I've always been surrounded by people that love me and that I love. But it's the sense of I'm wired differently. Mm-hmm. So when I have friends that are in deep conversation about anything that one might think um, I would be interested in or that I might resonate with, it's really difficult for me to get into that conversation or really feel connected to people in that particular conversation, regardless of what that topic is. Mm-hmm. There are certain topics that I can get into that feel really um, rooted for me, grounding for me. And then there are specific conversations like, I just got my nails done with people that I like. I feel connected to, that I can share. But it's just, it's always been the sense of I, I don't feel right. That's the best way I can describe that feeling. I have felt that a lot of my life as well, which I I feel like I've probably shared with you, but 
you know, for me growing up, it always felt like just heightened sensitivity was the thing that I felt like, Mm. oh, I feel things so much more deeply than other people. My heart aches about this or that. I'm paralyzed by this. I'm terrified of that. Um, And then, yeah, this sort of disassociation that would happen around certain conversations or topics where I just like could not think in and and hold on Mm -hmm. the way other people could. Um, and it wasn't always that something maybe felt too frivolous. I mean, that was def- that would definitely be part of it. Just like, does this matter? This doesn't feel yeah. like mm, the deeper meaning that I'm searching for in this life, right? Um, and sometimes it would be around other areas. I'm curious for you on your life path, because you have this background in psychology and having your PhD and all of that, did you feel through your life like, you recognize this feeling of maybe not belonging, feeling a bit disconnected, a little bit different. Did you mask that through your life and turn to things that made sense, like science, and then eventually open up to the spiritual existence and that part of yourself as you grew older? Or is that something you kind of did behind the scenes, leading a spiritual life to feel a sense of belonging, connection? If you weren't feeling it in the physical world with physical people as much, then then looking for that elsewhere. I'm curious in your journey where you turn to that, like how maybe others who are searching for a sense of belonging in their lives might find some inspiration, hope, or just something interesting in your story mm-hmm. that they can bring into their own lives in some way. Yeah, there's this particular story that came to my mind as, as you were asking that question. So when I was a little child, I was known to just disappear all the time. And this really, I mean, as you can imagine, as a parent, as a mother, it really made uh, my mom and my my dad, too, probably really anxious. And there are stories of when I was not even two years old, I would somehow wiggle my way out of the room wherever we were, and I would just disappear and see the crowd outside or go onto busy streets without anyone else around me. And this one particular time I had... I guess I was with my family. We were walking through like a busy like flea market type of environment. I was born in South Korea, so that's where I was at that moment. And I disappeared. And my uncle, my mother, my grandmother, they were all freaking out, trying to figure out what happened, where am I, um, looking at different you know, stores, talking to different people. And then my uncle finally found me. And I happened to be walking with this man, a stranger like holding his hand and he had to stop the guy and say, this is my niece. What are you doing with her? Or I think initially he was probably grateful. They probably thought that he was trying to find my my family. Come to find out the man had told me that he had candy or chocolate and he wanted me to go with him to his van. And so I did. I held his hand and I went with him. Thank goodness my uncle found me because I have no idea what would have happened if he didn't. But as a little girl, it seems like I don't specifically remember that story. I do remember being lost in crowds and always feeling like the sense of seeking for something. And even though I was barely two, um, it's not that I didn't feel fear. It's not that I was fearless, but I think there was a sense of curiosity or a desire to seek something that was greater than the fear of, oh, stranger danger that I always happened to wiggle my way out of wherever I was and go exploring. Growing up, there definitely, and like all of us, I've had experiences of being bullied, of not being accepted. And I don't necessarily, I tried logically to make that the reason why 
I never felt like I belonged. But it, like you said, maybe it's the heightened sensitivity or there's just this inner desire or curiosity and knowing that there's more. And so wherever I am, so I got my PhD at UConn. When I go to these different places, so in high school, I was always that person that was friends with everyone. I jumped in many different groups. I went and got my master's and, you know, my PhD, as you said, and I truly did enjoy myself there and the people that were there, but I never really allowed myself to feel that sense of I belong here or taking that particular sense of identity on as, okay, I'm a Yukon grad or I got my master's at Columbia. So like I, I'm a Columbia grad. There's no sense of like pride of belonging. And I never consciously thought about it in like, a oh, maybe if I don't belong here physically, there must be a spiritual thing. For me, they were one and the same. And so whatever it is that I wasn't seeking in the physical, I would constantly look for it instead of, like you said, maybe seeking it in the spiritual way that I have learned to do in the past few years. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds in ways like you were led to your spiritual life. It wasn't necessarily a conscious decision, a moment of truth, mm -hmm. uh, a way of surviving or um, even thriving or flourishing. It was it was like it's written there for you. Like this is just a part of your path and this is how it unfolds and this is how you, well, is this how you find belonging or is this a <laughs> place where you're like, nope, I'm still there. Like, yes, I'm spiritually connected and and rooted and, and I have these gifts in, in this area, in this realm, but I still don't feel like I am home when I am connected in these spiritual ways. Would you say you're still in that world of not quite belonging or feeling that sense of, of pride or being with your tribe, as you said? Yeah. So I think there is a difference as you're speaking, Steph, uh, between a sense of belonging to the people here and a sense of understanding why you're here. And I think for me, those two were the same yeah. until, uh, I forget, 2019. I was in Mount Shasta on a solo trip doing a hike. And I was given this vision where I understood and realized almost immediately that this is my last time here. And they showed me this vision of a group of us travel this universe and to many galaxies and seeds of consciousness are planted. And I remember, it's not that I saw anything specifically with clear details, but I remember when consciousness was planted on this planet. And I, I just remembered that sense of like, oh, my tribe. Mm. And it's not the physical people or the souls that I've met here that give me that feeling, but it's just the sense of knowing that I'm, and maybe it's my, it's coming across in my human conscious awareness that has maybe prevented me from allowing myself to feel a sense of togetherness here. Mm -hmm. But I think I've always known as a little girl that like, this is my last time here. And it's that like sense of impatience of, okay, let's go. What's the next thing? Where is the next planet that we're traveling to, to plant that seed of consciousness? Um, but it's that, I think there's, we always have this sense of 
deep connectedness to our truth. And the universe will leave little breadcrumbs for you to follow and understand as it unfolds. And so for me now, knowing what I know, yes, there is the one part of me that's so impatient, like I just want to do the next thing. And at the same time, opening up to just how beautiful it is, this experience itself, and allowing myself to be present in this particular moment in time to notice um, what it feels like for snow to land on my face, what it feels like to be pulled along by my dogs while we're going for a walk, what it feels like to listen to music that really stirs something deep inside of me. So it's a matter of trying to balance both really appreciating the beauty of where I am and truly like what this particular planet provides and knowing that there's more. Yeah. And I think maybe that's why when we reincarnate here, we're like our memories, our quote unquote memories are wiped clean because if we really knew where we were from, I don't think we would actually want to be here. Mm. Yeah. Do you have the belief and the feeling that where we're from, like it's our souls or our spirits, but like when we say we, where we are from, we being our soul or our spirit, something you can't necessarily see or our energy, right? Like energy, that life force energy that flows around. Do you hold the belief or the feeling that we are all from the same place? So I mentioned to you before we hit record that I'm reading the book Signs by Laura Lynn Jackson, and it talks about mm-hmm. um, people who have crossed over and how their spirits are still very, very much alive. Um, that it all this light energy and that they have the ability and the power to send us messages. And so is it your feeling that it's like we all go there and we we wait there and then we come back here or we go somewhere else? Or do you feel like, nope, there's not just this one place, there's not just this one other side where we all belong, but there are many do you have a belief in that or is that something consciously you've thought about or is that still one of the mysteries that swirls around? <laughs> I think it's all a little bit of all the above. I have had the experiences of knowing that there is something greater and that I've had different experiences that I can't particularly remember, but it's like almost remembering. So, you know, it's there, but like you can't really see it clearly. And I also know that there are so many people like that particular thread that is common amongst everyone that is on this journey in a consciously awake way, say that we all come from the same place. And the sense that I have so far, and I'm opening myself up constantly with intention because it doesn't always happen on, like um, automatically, but opening myself up to saying, there's so much that I still don't know. And yet this is what I've learned so far. And in that, what I've learned so far is that when we say we come from the same place, I think it's that like we all are wired together with that breath of life, love, God, source or spark that makes us all originate from the same source. But I think even though time is not linear, the way that life has expanded, we've had so many different experiences and so many different realities and planets and galaxies 
that we can identify with a certain group of extraterrestrials, for example. But if you go back even further, right, that original source is life. And I do think we all come from that same life. And yet some of us have had a lot of different experiences in different particular specific dimensions or realities that our human brains can't quite yet grasp, if you Mm -hmm. will. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. I can identify with that. So you mentioned having this awareness when you were hiking that this is your last time here mm-hmm. in, in on planet Earth. And I'm curious I, if you so I know with your book, you mentioned in the book that there's there's two things that human beings or maybe it's that our souls are and maybe not necessarily human beings, but two things that we're after in this life. Peace. And feeling more alive. And so I'm curious, like, does it feel to you if if you have, I don't like to use the word achieve, but I'm going to use it. If you have achieved feeling peace and feeling more alive in this life or in, in all past lives, is it something like that that's like, okay, I've completed my soul's mission here. I, I have accomplished feeling mm-hmm. peace and feeling more alive. I'm ready for my next journey. Or do you think it's not necessarily that mission or goal oriented, um, but maybe relating to something else? Yeah, I think everyone's paths are so different. And so if you think about the Buddhist way where you continuously reincarnate till you reach nirvana or you've reached enlightenment, that might be a path for some. I think some people may be on a different path where it's not about constantly reincarnating until you've reached enlightenment. Maybe you're here for a short amount of time. And I don't necessarily think that just because it's my last time here, it makes me any older of a soul or better than anyone else. It's just my path and my particular journey um, that's just different from everyone else's, just like your path is very different from mine and everyone else's too. So we do have a very specific, unique blueprint that I think we follow. Um, And as part of the human experience, I think we seek those two things to sense, uh, um, to have that sense of deep inner peace, as well as wanting to feel that zest for, for being alive. And those two things, I think, are things that our soul strives for within the human body, just like the human body wants to eat yummy food. It's just something that we seek, but not necessarily something that you, quote unquote, master to be done with. I'm curious in your experience of this life, what are the things that either you can answer one or the other, but that bring you peace or that do make you feel more alive? Um, And how Mm. have you discovered that? You know, how has your journey to figuring out what those things are for you been? Yeah, I think there are both two sides of the same coin for me in that the deeper I go into understanding my nature, the more at peace I will feel within myself to understand that I am love. I can't do love. I can't. I know people use self-love as a verb where self-love is going and getting a massage or taking time to go for a hike or, you know, cuddling with your puppies. But self-love isn't a verb. It's it's what you're wired together with. So the more I dive deeper into understanding who I am, the more I embody or am able to, it's kind of like 
learning to play a song, where if I can learn to play a song really effortlessly, I feel at peace. I feel a sense of peace inside. And that sense of peace correlates to how much understanding or knowing that I am love. And then when I can plug into that feeling, I am love, I can be at peace, then I find myself really, my name Jisun means one who knows beauty. And when I see the things that are just so beautiful that move me and stir me inside, that makes me feel really alive. And the things that stir me inside that make me feel alive are going to be different from what makes you feel alive in this world. But they come hand in hand. I don't think that you can have one without the other. Yeah, I don't think you can have one without the other either. And it feels almost counterintuitive in some ways that I Mm -hmm. think we can associate feeling more alive often with thrills or higher intensity experience, which doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be so, right? It doesn't have Mm -hmm. to be that we're plunging into a freezing cold lake and then skydiving after that to feel more alive, right? I know, as I shared with you before we hit record, that I've been in a big slowing down season of my life where I'm really wintering and I'm really going within and like a a movement of quiet for me right now. And yet I do feel more alive, not than I ever have before, that this stillness makes me feel more alive than being really passionately engaged in community events and, and working with people and traveling and all of that. It doesn't make me necessarily feel more alive than those things, but I feel more alive than I have for a while. And I believe it's because I have created the space for peace. You know, yes. I, I'm just allowing myself to be. And mm-hmm. in the moments where I have space, rather than filling it with something that might numb me with scrolling mm-hmm. or with superfluous conversation that's not really filling my soul or my heart or going shopping or whatever. It's just like, nope, how can I exist here in the space with this quiet right now? And what types of connections, what types of thoughts does that welcome in for me? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I really it's beautifully feel said. That. Yeah. That's beautifully said. It actually reminds me of my morning walk with the dogs today. I noticed like I kept humming or singing to myself. And when I would force forcefully stop myself because I am doing this uh, on autopilot, it was really difficult for me to just be in silence. And it's interesting because I would have never thought I would use music as a distraction, but it became a distraction on my walks. And once I allowed that silence to happen during my walks, there is this connection that happens with something deeper, something greater. And a lot of times it really is about plugging into the present moment, using your five senses, right? Being mindful of your awareness, your environment, and also your awareness of your thoughts, but then removing yourself from associating with those thoughts, associating with where you are, and just being the observer of those thoughts, those feelings, and where you are that helps me to connect and have that relationship with my higher self or my spirit, if you will. And music, which I love because it puts me into flow, I realized I actually had been using it as a crutch to like distract myself from actually being still in that quiet, like you said, and being able to connect to my higher self. 
Oh, so this brings me to a question, possibly like our last deeper, bigger question, depending how long, like what road this takes you down. Um, but getting into this space of uh, presence with yourself and being able to listen and connect with your higher self and spirit. Again, before we hit record, we were chatting just about our lives and some things that are present for us and, and happening. And one of the things that you mentioned is, you know, you're living in New Jersey now, you've built this practice, you have all of these clients and your heart, well, while it isn't Hawaii, it also <laughs> is seeking to travel and, and spend some portion of your life in California on the West Coast. Mm -hmm. And you told me, you're like, well, I got to decide by February 15th. So the time of this recording is January 31st of 2024. So you've got two weeks to make a decision about whether you're going to close the doors of your New Jersey practice because the place that you're renting, that's just the landlord has set forth for you. And you're trying to find within yourself this answer. And you said to me, it's bringing up the question, do I take myself seriously? Do I respect the decisions that I make? Um, and so I would love to just give you some space to do some reflection around those two questions that you posed before we decided to go ahead with the recording. What brought those questions to mind? Do I take myself seriously? Do I respect the decisions I make? You're at a crossroads right now. And these are the questions that are coming up as you are really soul searching and, and seeking an answer for what your next step is here. Yeah. I think it has to do with trust and respect. Do I trust myself? So whenever I get messages, this was more so in the past than I do today, but when I would get visions or messages in my meditations or just when I'm out and about doing whatever it is that I'm doing, I would always question whether they were real. And this behavior of seeking other people's approval, permission, I'm, it's the reason why I got my PhD. It's the reason why I'm a licensed psychologist is because I was looking for other people to give me permission to do what it was that I love to do. And um, looking back, I probably wouldn't do it any other way. And I'm at a place in my life where I know that a deeper learning for me in this lifetime is allowing myself to unfold and surrender to trusting myself, not the ego, but myself, the higher self, um, and creating my reality based on what I know inside versus what other people have told me. So do I, and I think the word that I was looking for, yes, it's do I respect myself, but will I intentionally create a space of sacredness that I can respect and not look for other people to approve or give me permission. And I think that's something that's been missing for my life for a really long time. I grew up in a Christian home, so I was forced to believe in a God and forced to believe this or see this world in ways that other people have seen it before me. But I'm at that point in my life where I am really truly receiving that gift of connecting to a higher truth that makes me feel like I'm at a crossroads. Will I create the space in my life to feel enough respect for myself, enough trust for myself to um, not embody sacredness, but really tap into a sacredness in my life 
that I can create the container for versus what other people have told me. And so I think that's really what the two questions have been about is, do I trust my higher self, the messages, the whispers that have always been there and always continue to stream in? And can I actively, with abandon, act on that impulse, that desire to want to create a container of, of keeping things sacred instead of defiling them and making them mundane like I have been taught to? Mm, yeah. And it feels like it's so very much related to the two uh, pieces we were talking about that are in your book that were only ever after peace and feeling more alive. And in mm -hmm. order to feel those two things in this sacred way for you, it is, as we were also discussing, creating this space and this quiet and this stillness to access your higher self, to be led to, to feel into and to trust the answers that will bring you peace and feeling more alive. And so is this move to California, is this closing the doors of your New Jersey practice going to bring you that? And the answer lies within likely getting really quiet with yourself and being able to tune out the other noise and the validation that we are all so conditioned to be seeking and looking for when we're uncertain about things. And I feel too like that just so beautifully circled back and connects with our conversation about belonging, too. I feel like we can only really feel a sense of belonging when we do have that deep sense of respect and trust for ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. It's like a it, it, solid sense of belonging can't be found when we're looking to others to offer it and to provide it. And I know I spent a lot of my life and I still find myself in moments where I am seeking that approval from an outside source. And it's in those moments when I am seeking their validation or pleasing them or feeling like, mm -hmm. I, you know, like I'm doing the good girl thing, I'm doing it correctly, that I actually feel like I don't belong. Like I actually feel like there's something wrong. I'm doing something wrong. I'm failing. I feel so far from my higher self, my soul self, and much more attached to my ego. And when I'm living so close to my ego in that way and letting her drive, then I don't feel like I belong and I don't feel at peace and I don't feel more alive. I feel fear. Yeah. Yeah. So as you were you're saying that stuff, the word doubt kept coming up. And I think we begin to really doubt ourselves when we aren't as a ch as a child in our childhood given the right resources to um, develop self-efficacy mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. we don't have the right experiences to give us the right resources to develop self-efficacy and when we do get to that pattern and repeating that pattern over and over again of not knowing that we can versus like I feel good about myself this is I know I can overcome whatever it is that I'm I'm struggling with right now the word doubt really, as you were sharing, Steph, brought up this idea, this thought that the self-trust sometimes ends up lacking because there is a lot of doubt from your childhood. Yes. And because I keep repeating this pattern of like practicing humility versus whether you want to call it vanity or confidence. Mm hmm. Right. It's especially as women, we are taught you should be quiet, you should be dainty, you should, you know, and there are these shoulds as as women specifically. It doesn't have to be as women, but in 
particular cultures, um, for particular roles, we are taught to be a certain way, like be humble, humble, humble. Humility is so important. But when we get so far into that, like I need to be humble, we forget to tap into the vanity or confidence piece. And that's where a lot of that self-doubt kicks back up, especially if you've had a childhood experience where you weren't taught how to develop self-efficacy. Mm. And that's what was coming up as you, as you were sharing what you said. Such a good, such good reflection. And I, I only wish we had more time to continue digging in. So maybe we'll have to, I know it was hard enough for us to schedule this podcast. I'm like, we need to schedule a part two. <laughs> uh, so my last question for you then with the time we have is, what is a little scrap of magic in your life? Oh, wow. What is a little scrap of magic in my life today? So the first thing that comes to mind is having a physiological response to connecting to a higher self mm. or to a higher truth. So for example, um, I've told you this, right? Um, when I first started my, my meditation practice, I got into this point where I was holding this crystal in my left hand and deep into a meditation where I was feeling such extreme despair, which came out of nowhere. And all of a sudden, I hear crackling and I feel crackling in my hands. Like the crystal was interacting with my body in a way mm. that I had never experienced. And it literally shot bolts of electricity into my hand that I had to, like, I almost threw it. I flung it across the room. Oh, um, I almost flung it across the room. Or... Yesterday, for example, I was uh, doing a breathwork exercise and I could literally feel my whole body enveloped in this blue flame. Like I felt so much heat coming up and I had never felt that before doing a breathwork exercise, not that extremely. So for me, the little scraps of magic exist when I can physiologically produce results. And it's not that I'm doing it but the results are being physiologically produced that show me there is it's not just the because psychology for me was a mind-body connection that I, I studied for many many years but it's that spirit body connection that just for me like blow or blows doors open in terms of like really feeling that sense of awe about life that is so powerful and so beautiful and, thank you for asking that question. Oh yeah, thank you for sharing. What an what an insanely amazing experience for you, and um, so lucky to just just to hear about it, and and for our listeners to hear about it too. And we all have our own our different little scraps of magic in our life, right? And they look different at different times, but those really are magical. <laughs> yeah. So thank you so much for coming, G Sunny. It was wonderful having you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This was so different from my usual podcast recordings. Typically, they tend to be more in like that psychology area or my achievements and what I've done. Um, and so discussing this stuff that really like is under the surface and really makes me feel connected to life and alive. It, it was truly such a nourishing moment for me. Thank you. You are welcome. I'm so glad. And anyone listening, if you want to be connected with G-Sunny in any other way, in the show notes, you can find her Instagram handle, her website, and anything else that you want to pass along to me, you just send over G-Sunny and I will put it in the show notes if you have Thank any. Thank you. Yeah. And until next time, everyone, keep looking for your little scraps of magic. Mm -hmm.
Bye, everyone. Thank you so much for spending your time with me today. It's such an honor to be invited into your space. If you love today's show, subscribe and leave a review so you don't miss a thing. And if you're looking for more in-depth support in your life, if you're seeking to be held and inspired for your growth, I do offer one-on-one EFT or tapping sessions, spiritual life coaching, and other group programs. I always am talking about these on my Instagram, which is Steph, S-T-E-P-H dot Traska, T-R-Z-A-S-K-A, and also on my website, littlescrapsofmagic.com. So please wander over to either of those platforms and see how I can support you more deeply. Until next time, keep looking for those little scraps of magic.